This is a download from moosometimes.com. I don't know why you want to know that. I just thought, you know, it was something to shove in. I mean, after all, the BBC's been doing it with his podcast saying, this is a download from the BBC. To find out more about its terms and conditions, go to bbc.co.uk forward slash blah blah I just thought I'd rip it off. Ah, screw it. Let's get going. Welcome to the Best of Ooh Sometimes podcast. Hello, people. I'm Mr. Voiceover Man, and you're listening to the Best of Ooh Sometimes podcast. A special podcast made to celebrate the fact that this has been going on for a whole year, where we had some great music, some good laughs, and some trains of thought from the madman that is Paul Hughes. Well, I have to say now on the record that I didn't get some of his ranting and, frankly, some of the lines he's fed me here under the rim is just plain nuts. I always have nurses on standby when he's around. Now, before we actually get going good and proper, and I introduce you to the Lord of Leisure, who used to be known as the Space Adventurer, I've wanted to do this for a long time. You see, Paul gets to introduce all the music, and for once, and only once, I am going to introduce a song. Well, I have to flex the voiceover skills I have got after doing how many of my own podcasts and voiceovers for loads of TV stations here in the U.S., and this is pretty much a good excuse. Now, this band was the very first band to be featured on the podcast after the format changed from the first two attempts, which frankly ran on so long my toothpaste had turned into a fossil fuel. They come from Detroit, Michigan, and have been performing a far while at the Berkeley front, and sadly, toward the end of the year, they lost a dear friend and keyboard player, Dan Denton, whose memory will live on with his wife, children, and all his friends. And we've been a big supporter of the band here on the podcast. So mark this for the third time this year with another top-notch song to kick us off on our look back over the year. This is Crashing Cairo with Tell.
that was something. Crashing Cairo there. All the best from us fellas. And now at long last, he's been itching to get on. Roll out the cheap green carpet for the man, the Lord of Leisure. Sleeping and relaxing for all the sinners, it's Paul Hughes. Now that was a grand way to kick the show off me thinks. Fair play, mate. You're now more of a star. And remember, kids, he's still waiting for the fan mail to come through, so keep on writing. Now, of course, we've been going for 12 months on this audio thingamabob, and frankly, it's amazing we've reached this milestone. So why not harp on about it, eh? We've reached 12 months! Hooray! Oh. Bloody charming, that is. You know, I asked for a crowd in the last podcast. This is what I get now. Anyway, moving on, of course... The podcast this time around represents the best bits from the past 12 months on both the blog and also the many podcasts that came before this one. And of course, over the past 12 months, a lot of things have indeed happened. Some good, some bad. Some, well, actually I have no idea what the hell was going on, but there we are. So why not go with the best bits with you all so you can relive the horror? Uh, um, no, I, I mean the good bits. Good times, yes. Good times. And there are plenty of bits to choose from. Glastonbury took up two podcasts. There were various moans about things going on in the news and all its very silliness. I did do naughty over an entire show simply because some so-and-so wrote off the old car. I wasted people's times about coffee shops. There was fun to be had in London. I asked about those pokes from Facebook, but no one ever came back to me on those. Interesting. And towards the end of the year, the podcast took a different format, and I think I found the niche in being a geek and also saying stuff about being a geek, which is nice. So here now, for your dining and dancing pleasure, some of the best audio excerpts from Ooh Sometimes. Enjoy! What have you got for me, Professor? I'm glad you're here, Johnny. Long, long ago, we discovered something buried under the ancient grounds of the Wichita Indian tribe. Looks to have happened over a thousand years ago. So far, we've found nothing like it on this planet. What is it? No one knows. It's nothing I've ever seen before. This writing, for example, is ancient. Way before our time. It'll be mine! You can't stop me! Oh no! It's John, the weird character used to forward the plot because he's stupid! Don't do it, son! You don't know what you'll unleash! I'll show you all! Whatever that is! (laughs) Wait, what's that? My God. What has he done? Susan, run! I'll try to hold it off! There! The exit! We're home free! Oh no! It's a dead end! The exit's blocked! Susan, if we don't get out of here, know that I love you. Johnny, we gotta get out of here! I'm pregnant! No! Hey, what do you mean no? Sorry, Susan, that's directed at the monster. I may die here today, but I'm taking you with me, you creature from the devil's armpit! Another video we were watching uh, looked like home video, badly done, and was all these wibbly-wobbly flashy bits in between. It would give you bleeding leprosy. Leprosy? <laughs> it wouldn't give you leprosy. Uh, oh, what's it called? Um, that thing where it flashes. I can't think of it. Oh, what is it? It goes. Not leprosy. Epilepsy. That's the one. Thursday was a red letter day as well as we had discovered a little-known sexual disease. And this requires no interaction, as it were. This is all due to the environment around us. And as we all know from those disaster films, there is a patient zero. Someone who carries the disease and spreads it to others. This time, the patient zero was Andy. And the disease was sexual Tourette's. Now, before I go on, you must be thinking now, what the bloody hell is sexual Tourette's? I mean, we all know what the normal Tourette's is. You know, that funny disease where people swear out of control. The kind of people you would invite to a dinner party. Or have them teach your small children, you know, the art of life. 
<laughs> something like that. <laughs> uh, you see, that's why I'm never going to have kids. I'd have people with Tourette's bringing them up. But there we are. Moving on. Sexual Tourette's is exactly like Tourette's. Something that happens without control, but basically it involves any time a woman walks past, you start bouncing up and down while making a funny noise and staring at them. It was made worse at the campsite as we were all there relaxing after wandering around having some bevies. Andy was on a football sitting down, and when he started all this, it was the strangest sight I have ever seen. There you go, new disease found. Although I think it spread because at some point I did start bouncing up and down on the spot and making the same funny noise. And Matt's catchphrase of doing naughty started here in full force because of this. And now I can't get away without saying it. Ever since then, even at work, he's doing naughty. Phrase can cover up all manners of sin. It really can. I tell you what, campers, see if you can slip it in. Not, <laughs> not that kind of naughty. Uh, slip in the phrase into normal conversation with someone and see if they notice. We then went to the bit where Air and Nemesis rides are. Now, Nemesis, uh, the ride is based around this alien thing that landed around Earth millions of years ago and took over a roller coaster. Yay. And Air is the sensation of flying by the gift of roller coaster. Isn't that lovely? To get to the uh, two rides in question, we had to use the Skylift. You know, the Skylift's like uh, off Moonraker, where uh, Jaws was fighting James Bond and they were going down in Buenos Aires all the rest of it. And the topic came up, if we were to die while using the Skylift, we would be famous. And I had to remark at this point, I'd rather not be famous for dying in a Skylift. Which you would tend to think is a fair point, wouldn't you? The Ooh Sometimes Podcast. Some scenes may be unsuitable for everyone. Every day, this man struggles. He's forced to buy lunch from Boots because he cannot afford Marks and Spencer. His car is four years old. Worst of all, his DVD library has only 217 discs. And if this was television, he'd be staring into the screen looking ever so worried and you'd feel rotten sitting there in that comfortable settee that you just purchased from DFS on four years interest free credit but you can help just two pounds per month can allow Paul the chance to buy the Stargate DVDs he so desperately needs to stay up to date just two pounds a month will allow Paul to keep that stupid limited edition StarCraft 2 figure. That costs too much. Just two pounds a month will allow the Lord of Leisure to stay in bed longer each day. See what you can do. Oxlow. We take the mix so you can feel better. I asked a question on Facebook. What do you want to listen to on the next podcast? And Nigel Parsons answered... I would like to hear an in-depth and serious review of an X-rated movie that you have watched. Without laughing. Well, I never like to disappoint the audience, so without any further ado, and without laughing, I present a review of the X-rated film from America, known as Neighbours. Which, first off, is not an X-rated film. According to the DVD sleeve, it's a romantic comedy. It sounds better, at least. Starring bizarrely named people known as Stormy Daniels, Exotica, and Voodoo, the film focuses on Miranda, a broken-hearted yet amazingly large-breasted beauty who can't seem to start dating again. She lives with her crazy stepbrother and is surrounded by some pretty strange neighbours, which doesn't help her situation. Luckily for Miranda, handsome musician Jake, a man only capable of wearing vests and combat pants, has just moved into the neighbourhood. Hmm... I wonder what plot device he will be. Probably the one that vibrates. The blurb on the DVD goes on to say, although she's reluctant, she can't help her growing feelings for Jake. Miranda's ex-boyfriend shows up on her birthday trying to win her back, but only after she started to fall for Jake. Will Miranda go back to the one who broke her heart, or will she let her feelings for Jake be known? Dun, 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 dun,
Now, granted, the film's plot sounds as bad as 30 seconds on an episode of EastEnders, but remember, this will have scenes not suitable for half past seven at night. And being honest, they have to fill the back of the sleeve with some rubbish to try and sway from the fact that it's something you wouldn't show your kids. It has to be said that the writing on the film is tragically missing some gumption. The scenes in between the obvious naughty, which we'll come on to later, seems to lack all true signs of emotion from both the men and women, and it seems to only be a flimsy pretext to have the actors fornicate in various places. So let me give you an example. After a fairly lengthy introduction with credits and pictures of various parts of the film, we come to the main two women actresses who pull up in a fancy-looking car, and then start talking about something pointless before going on to the fact that Miranda is living with her stepbrother, and oh my, it appears he does very naughty things, which is why he's living at her house at the moment. And then it pans to a front room with a very muscular man and a woman with particularly average-sized breasts. And it is only here that we start seeing some signs of acting, because when it comes to the sex, that's all it is, an act. The women are clearly the most notable because their faces always look like they're having surgery performed on them by the Chuckle Brothers. The men's penis looks like it was a genetic experiment from the 1950s that's gone horribly wrong and has grown to such a size it would terrorize a small town. Suffice to say, the quality of the sex scenes is rather lacking. The two people in the front room, they are going for the motions as per your standard love scene with accompanying noises. But tragically, the woman, when she is enjoying the moment, sounds like a cross between a cat being strangled and Chewbacca. And amazingly, throughout this first sex scene, the man, who I should point out was the stepbrother, wore a snorkel. Quite ingenious, I thought, saves on splashback. But tragically, the same steps that are taken in this particular scene are repeated throughout various sex scenes for the rest of the film, so therefore, once you've seen this, you know how the rest go. Variety, as they say, is the spice of life, and there was none shown here. So after the man and the woman finished their debauchery, it went back to the car, several minutes later, where the women are still talking like only a few seconds have passed. What is going on? Did the rest of time and space stand still while the stepbrother and his lady performed unholy acts, and then once they were finished, it all started up again? Somehow I doubt they would have catered for the possibility that Time Lords also appear in romantic comedies. The characters throughout the film are pretty two-dimensional, and the only true thing which comes close to being a highlight is the stepbrother, who seems perfectly happy wandering about in the nude and ruining perfectly bad moments of acting. At least there is some small attempt at true humour there. The other comedy device, however, is called Juan, and he is just bad. He appears to be sex-crazed, but resorts to bad clichés in order to carry himself through, and frankly, like old Yeller, he needs taking out the back and being shot. There are a couple of lesbians which like to frolic about in the film, but this detracts from the main plot as a cheap gimmick, and being honest, the production would have fared far better leaving them out. I know what I just said, and I'm sticking to it. I'm all for lesbians and their dilly-dallying on screen, but this is an artistic review of the film, and I have to stick to that level of detail, so it's a valid point. The locations just seem to stay within people's houses, and that's fine for the purpose of the film. I wouldn't expect from the description for events to unfold on the set of Scrappy Challenge. Although, saying that, I'm more than certain there will be a film catering for those with such a wish. The sound is something else that lets the film down, as they appear to have used my first microphone by Fisher-Price to record all the audio, with outside locations suffering the most from background noise, and you can hardly hear the actors. Maybe that's a good thing, maybe that's a bad thing, I'm not entirely certain. But even indoor locations suffer from echo. I could carry on, but at the end of the day, I also have to remember the purpose of the film and does it fulfill its requirement. Is the film good enough to get the single spotty men, and possibly couples off, enough to enjoy themselves and maybe each other? And the answer is, it depends. If you are looking for various scenes involving women having everything done to them, who also, it seems, has silicon injected into every sexual organ, and men who have clearly applied for the Swedish penis enlargement kit, if they didn't, their parents should be proud, being perfectly frank, then you are in the right place. But if you need your sex scenes to have true context and have real flickers of passion along with an engaging storyline, then I suggest you look elsewhere. A fine example of a sex scene with emotional context is Monsters Ball starring Halle Berry, and simply because it stars Halle Berry. So, using the established in the last segment thing, scoring system with 1 to 10, with 12 being outstanding, I have to rate the X-rated film Neighbours a 6. It does the job, but you get better bang for your buck elsewhere. The Ooh Sometimes podcast now comes in cherry flavor. 
Wow! What an amazing combination of fun material there, campers! Never mind. Now this bunch was featured on the fifth incarnation of the show towards the end, after I battered on about Alton Towers, when I went for the first time this year for a big group of good people with whom I used to waste time and pretended we worked. Well, it's a living. Back once again with another great song, it's Five Star Four with Five Star Four. I suppose it does make it simpler given the song the same name as the band. Mind you, I start thinking then, Five Star Fall, Five Star Fall, hang on, didn't I just say Five Star Fall a minute ago? Yes, I swear I did. No, maybe. Anyway, Five Star Fall there, both of them, and of course they weren't the last great band on the show. We'll have more of those type of things later for you to bounce up and down to, wherever you may be. But first, I thought I'd take an opportunity to say some of the best bits from the blog as well, because of course that has been going on the same time as the podcast, and frankly some of the funniest bits have been displayed there for all to see. But for those of you who can't be asked to read it, here's some bits hand-plucked for your pleasure. 24. A New Hope. Dated 27th of January. But Wednesday came, along with my shiny new DVD writer, the news that Natalie's finally getting better now, after being struck down with the flu for how long, thanks to... New Wonder Pills! 
Wonder pills make you feel good in a legal way. Act now and receive a free pen. Terms and conditions apply. It just felt like things were starting to turn around somewhat. Might have been the payday as well, which helps. Uni started again with boring management that, frankly, I could care less about. But they say it will help me along the way in the career, but I think it's a conspiracy. They want to bore people so much that when they fall asleep, they take you to a secret underground lab and perform experiments on you. Well, if that's true, then it would be a welcome relief. But on the plus side of things, I get to go to Wolverhampton half a day next week to start learning about something which may come in handy down the line. Not saying what as it will confuse people. Confuses me too, but that's not hard. The social life in January is a bit like a bus. Wait a while, then three events turn up at once. 24. Tuesday Tandoori. Dated 31st of August. Strange name, I know, but I do love curries, and I've never had one on a Tuesday, hence the title. I would like to have a tandoori on a Tuesday. Mind you, I'd love it every day, except one, my stomach wouldn't take it, and two, my ass wouldn't take it either. I am at my most lethal after having some Indian food. I just cannot stop. It's a free force of its own. I didn't really remark on me out into Manchester, did I? Well, campers, it was at the invitation of Glyn that Nat and I made our jolly way up to Manchester to have a socialised evening filled with talk about things happening in the world, talking of culture and the refined ways of life. And they invited me. I have all the social grace of a cabbage set on fire. Still, they didn't stop the evening from being a good We all sat around outside again, the rain staying away yet again. Twice this year now. What's going on? Raining Manchester is losing his reputation. Glenn hopefully will be getting new employment, and I wish him all the best with that. We are still all doomed if the eggheads switch on their newfangled contraption to prove some particle exists and it could wipe us all out. That was such a nice thing to learn that we are all royally screwed by people who don't know what they're doing. Having said that, of course, you could say that we're all royally screwed by life and its dirty brother death itself all the time. So what's new? But then, that would be cynical. Thursday. Nice. Dated 21st of September. Everyone should have a nice day once in a while. Now, although the following will sound quite bizarre to some of you, you should conclude that Thursday, all in all, was a very good day for me. Otherwise, what the hell are you people thinking? Or maybe I'll fail badly in that task that my writing skills will be best served in McDonald's along with the Mac Sarcasm Shake and McMystery Meat. What I refer to, of course, is a day where you get nothing but good news, and events happen which cause a smile to appear on your bloodshot face. Sounds like it could never happen these days, what with the fact that the death looms around every corner, thanks to foreigners, fat and hoodies asking you to buy fags from the local spa. We wander through, though, wondering when Big Brother will be back on our screens, who's got a baby, and why not me? And, of course, we all get sexually aroused at hearing there is a next sale. But it's not all bad. Sometimes it just happens. Things which conspire together, which by themselves seem silly to others. But to you, and only you, there's nothing but joy. Kind of like the same feeling you get if you went along with a mate on the pool. Simply because the only relationship he's had recently is with his right hand. And you are there for support. Except the uber sexy girl he was trying to get with completely wanted you instead. And you didn't even have to speak. You see, at Birmingham New Street on the way home, I met Andy from work who had a bit of a mare of a day, so we both had a brief natter. During this, two rather interesting things occurred. One, a man and a woman were racing each other, both carrying huge suitcases on wheels. This was quite nice to see. But two, a group of Asian lads were trying to beat the literal, insert analogy used earlier for brown stuff, out of each other, with a white girl effing and jeffing, don't touch me, or something like that. And the police were nowhere to be seen. The Asians were really going for it. Not only just play fights, you know, as you would do. But then again, would you really do that in a security conscious train station surrounded by lots and lots of witnesses having an actual fight? Yes, it seems. It took a few moments for the staff, not the police, to break it up. And one of the Asian lads was clearly on the warpath as he threw down his beloved Man United shirt to the floor and walked out trying to look hard but ultimately looked like a complete wit who was about to go into a fight with Russell Crowe. 
The white girl in tow was trying to do something, but I have no idea what. And all this happened at the height of rush hour in front of dozens of people who were trying to go home. Brilliant! You know Paul calls himself the Lord of Leisure. Well, you know what? I'm now the Lord of Voiceovers. There, see? He's not the only one who can have a snappy title. Now, if you were smart and paying attention, you would have noticed between the post in January and the one in August, there was quite a bit of a gap of a few months. Well, the posts in between those two were complete balls, so I left them all out. It was interesting to look at how much the blog has changed from the beginning of the year to what it is now. It seems I even spell check on occasion. <laughs> With this new power, I can truly go forward and achieve my dream. Posing in my bra and pants on the cover of GQ. <laughs> Uh, on second thoughts, let's have another piece of quality music, please, Governor. <clears throat> Moving on. This nice man was on the sixth outing of the show, and frankly, I like his style. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back Arthur Yoria with Permanent. Theoria with permanent fantastic piece of music but then again of course it is this is the best of well of just the stuff we produced and showcased on a piece of digital paper and some noise making thing it's not like this is the best of bird's eye fish fingers or the best of the most exciting sexual diseases that have been spread in broken britain still it could be worse we could be ending up listening to more nonsense oh hang on the ooze sometimes podcast Tastes like chicken. Spam. If you eat it, you'll likely have an orgasm. We've all lost. Dated 17th of October. That's why people repeat the whole dating thing, getting married and getting the little bastard shitting on your car roof, because at the end of the day, it's all in the genes. And it kind of makes you think, is that the point of life? To simply make sure that you reproduce. You start wondering about all the achievements people make, be they small or huge, 
and wonder if it was just to impress the opposite sex enough to do naughty often enough for the little tadpole things inside Mr. Doobie Firkin to storm the Oval Castle and take up residence in the unsuspecting woman's stomach. I know they do education about what's going to happen, but to squeeze the resultant child thing from something that's normally only, what, an inch or so wide? I think most women really don't want to think about that sort of thing. And know that in a time of crisis, the drugs are their friends. I suppose the upside of the children is that when you're old, and the whole generations of family are dining out at a reasonably priced restaurant, you can just turn to your son, daughter, and say, I just weed myself. You need to change the bag before I empty it all over your dinner. At least that's my little slice of fried gold for when my system starts failing and I forget even more than I do now. They hopefully will be there at the end when it gets either light or dark, whatever the hell goes on, and the last noise they hear is a really long fart. Nice. If I'm going out, I want to have a smile on my face. And we're back. Dated 23rd of October. It was confirmed at 7.23 this morning that once again I had been struck down with man flu. Yes, that dreaded of all diseases feared by men the world over. And the one time women finally get to say to us, Ha ha, that's just a wimpy cold, we're the superior race, bow and obey us. But as we all rightly know, that's just rubbish. Yes, the cold may play a valuable part in this, and indeed the main part of our symptoms, but alas, I can at least reveal that a sore throat is approaching southbound on the Hughes Expressway, and my energy levels are dropping fast, which means I'm becoming even more leisurely than normal. A snail could outrun me at this point. And frankly, it annoys more than anything. The very instant I need to get on and do things, the body automatically gives out some flimsy excuse like a three-year-old child who just learnt the gift of annoying you. I need to go to the toilet. I want ice cream. Or the ever-popular, I'm more important than you, so drop everything and pay attention to me or I'll call Childline and say bad things about you. Your body is at its best when it's at its worst. After all, you only pay attention after it starts going wrong on you, and the aches and pains come fast and furious, telling you that something is wrong. And then you actually find the time to spend with it, taking it to the seaside, buy it some Lego, and before you know it, it's fast asleep, all better, allowing you to get back to doing the crossword. That's how my body is reacting right now. I had plans to go to the gym today and spend time fine-tuning it by 0.000000000001%, but after the way it's treating me and what I want, it's going the right way for a smacked bottom. Perhaps the fact that I don't sleep often enough, big surprise there I assure you all, that the body gets worn down and actually needs a time out in order to recharge, center its chi. Turn the lower intestine into a zen garden, and have Mr. Wu perform the dry cleaning on your various other organs, of which I'll leave to your imagination. Is Optimus Prime a wuss? Dated 20th of November. Optimus Prime battled it out with Megatron in the city where they smashed through several buildings and caused a wee bit of a mess. But Megatron was clearly superior, thrashing him about a bit and basically the robot was a beaten man. It took a little scrawny kid person to destroy Megatron and save the day by shoving a cube into his chest. It was pointed out that Optimus Prime would not be swayed so easily in the cartoon, and indeed he carried on to the bitter end, fighting and shooting until he could do no more. Therefore, the movie version was gay, to quote my learned colleague, and therefore the Mr. Potato Head version, Optimash Prime, ah, see what they did there? Aren't play school clever? is trying to be the movie version, and therefore would be as equally as pants. Is this true? Has the true hero of Transformers turned into a Nancy? And if you were not happy with what happened, how should the Transformers movie really ended? Perhaps they should have gone on a wizard adventure finding the Holy Garden of Tank Tartar, or perhaps settled their differences with the Decepticons with a nice cup of tea. How would you have preferred it to end? I look forward to hearing debate on this important issue. London's gone to hell. Dated 10th of November. This morning, I spent some time wandering around London. But I must confess it's changed since last time I went there. The sky swirled with red, 
and the most oddly shaped airplane circled overhead. The part of town I meandered through clearly had seen better days. Debris everywhere, windows smashed, not a phone in the place was working. And all around me you could see all sorts of drunk people just moaning and dragging their feet along, just hoping to be put out of their misery. I didn't feel happy where I was, so I moved along to Holborn Street Tube Station, hoping to catch a ride to Covered Garden, where I spent a fair few hours watching the street artists toil away, hoping for at least three or four silly tourists to show them the money. But the most bizarre thing was, there was no service. Not another strike, I thought, but no, it appears other things had caused the service to cease permanently. An alternative service was provided to Covent Garden, and when I arrived, Hoping to catch some of the performers to laugh at, again, not a soul to be seen. And frankly, you begin to wonder how badly the City of London is doing for cash, because this place looked like hell. The roof had gone, the walls collapsed, and no sign of that band we saw earlier in the year playing for customers, badgering them to buy their CDs. Here the drunk people were getting vicious, so my time here was short-lived. The rain began to batter down against me as I hastened to my goal. The journey was long and painful. It felt like I died a few times along the way. But around the back of the main street surrounding the former glorious gardens, there was something amiss. Something which shouldn't be there. A mariachi band. Now for those of you living in London and thinking, the place hasn't got that bad already has it? Let me assure you, I was visiting a different London, where minions of evil had taken over and condemned the earth to ruin. Welcome to Hellgate London. I had received a copy of this game this morning, and well, seeing as it was there and my time with the gym could wait till later this afternoon, I didn't see what harm it could be in trying it out on the Uber Beast. Still beaming from ear to ear over my shiny adobe box from yesterday and how much better it performed. And I must say, I'm stunned. Stunned at how the bloody thing stutters so much and thrashes the hard drive like no other game on here. And that includes the upcoming Crisis game which features some of the best visual effects going in a computer game. My god, a man with a tick, Parkinson's disease, leprosy and chronic shit syndrome would perform better. If you are wondering what the game is about, there's an evil darkness that consumes everything except Earth because humans are great and everything. A woman says she has the truth, and then you go around various London places doing naughty while jolly angry foes shout, DAMN YOU YOU SCALLYWAG, and try and hit you. If you have played Diablo 1 and 2, you know the format, and indeed the team from Blizzard's nicely done RPGs are behind this so you can expect the greatness to be continued and refined. But that's the problem, it's not like Diablo, it is Diablo, just in 3D and with futurific guns and things. Even the interface reeks of Diablo-ness, but exactly the same and they even pinch some of the old sound effects. The waypoints of safety have been converted from towns filled with Amazon women and dodgy used car salesmen to tube stations filled with people who look like they're on drugs and the one main bloke who has all the good quests, which are the only ones going on for for the story, the others you can just do on the way if you're absolutely bored. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised later on if Diablo, the Lord of Terror, jumped out and he shouts, Surprise! Oh, you should have seen the look on your face. It's a picture, let me tell you. And that can be fine. I happen to like Diablo. Well, truth be told, I like Diablo too. The first one was complete so I could get into this game mighty fine if it wasn't for me busy schedule of lying down and sleeping. But there are a few things which I want in order to become hooked. First, optimize the bloody thing before I come over to all your developers' houses and nipple pinch you till your ears bleed. And second, for Blade Masters, can't there be more drops of that class? After all, wandering through, it appears everything you pick up is geared towards the engineers or some other class whose name I forget. Window cleaner or something. BE REASONABLE! Lastly, there is no way I am paying for the extra multiplayer stuff based on what I have witnessed thus far. 
Granted, World of Warcraft is a hack and slash affair which takes about 56,000 hours to level up and happily mugs you of a few quid every month for next to no new content except for when you're at an uber level, but at least it does it with a sense that you feel like you're getting something out of it. I don't see that happening with this. I think I would just feel like I've been bum raped and, regretfully for the male population, that's not what I'm looking for. Though this game does offer one hope for Londoners. The congestion charge is nowhere to be seen. Always a plus. The Ooh Sometimes Podcast. The only British export not to suffer from foot and mouth. And now, for the final time on this show, we are going for another piece of fantastic music. Please big it up for bait and the song Fill Me Up. always astounds me with the music. There we are, bait with Fill Me Up. Well, we have got to the end now. Shame, shame. There are actually more quality bits which could have been shoehorned in, but haven't been included simply because I cannot be bothered chopping up more past glory with the audio blunt knife. If you want to hear the other podcasts, they're still available on the website. But they won't be for long. Because I'm erasing a fair few of them from the feed. <laughs> but fear not, gentle listeners. Believe it or not, we will be back soon with more top quality monitorings on both the blog and, of course, this fine audio recording. Hopefully in the new year for what we should be calling Season 2. 
That sort of means you will expect new characters, a new set, many crazy happenings. Well, you can expect away. Now, to the most important section of the show. Many thanks to all the bands and artists that have featured over the year. 16 of them, actually. Crashing Cairo, The Sunday Club, Arthur Uria, Rocket City Riot, Noreen Braun, Bait, Slim, Antares, Urban Castle Magic, Tom Paul, William Brooks, Artificial, The States, Very Large Array, The Knuckle Kids, and Janoon. It must be said, it's been an absolute privilege to play your fine music on this fine show. And of course, many thanks go to the websites which host these great examples of where the commercial players go wrong. Magnatune.com, PodsafeAudio.com, Jamendo.com, and of course, MySpace.com. I wish we could have squeezed more in, maybe next time, eh? Mr. VoiceOver Man has excelled himself this year. Please applaud his efforts and patience. Kevin McLeod has been producing some fine music for use with the backgrounds. Again, well done to you, sir. And I have been the Lord of Leisure, that is, Paul Hughes. Thank you to the listeners out there around the world and the readers of the blog. It actually feels like what we do is worthwhile when we have a small cult following everything we do. Honestly, from the bottom of my bottom, thank you very, very much. And that now is your lot. Just remember when someone asks you what you got for the festive season, just respond. I got And on that bombshell, see you in the new year for season two of Ooh Sometimes. I bid you good day, good night, good year, good health, good entire, good hair, and goodbye!